Good morning. Good morning. Greetings from the West Coast. Um, so when you asked me to talk about this, I got to thinking about, you know, some of the hiccups and the successes that I've had as I've moved deals through the pipeline um, and a little bit about my history. Uh, I used to, in the 2000s, I owned a mortgage company. So my experience then was dealing with underwriters who were closing, you know, $500,000 loans on seven, $800,000 houses in a very wealthy area. And what I learned back then was that underwriters are an interesting crowd. Um, they, they lose their jobs if they don't do it properly. And there's not a lot of room for error as an underwriter. A lot of times we can get frustrated with underwriters. Why are they hassling me? Um, but I learned a long time ago that if you can get on the right side of an underwriter, uh, and if you can anticipate the things they're going to be worried about, it can make your life a lot easier instead of having it become a headache. Because um, I learned that underwriters have a big grid in front of them. And that grid, if the individual application that's in front of them, if the information on the application matches the appropriate boxes on the grid, then they give you a big yes check mark, and they issue the policy, and then it goes on into the you know the issuing you know process. Um, but if something's out of whack, it's kind of rude of me to get upset when they come back and they say, "Well, and this is what happened to me a couple weeks ago. The name on your client is not their legal name." I had been visiting with the client. I sat there in the home. His name was Kenneth, and I inadvertently abbreviated his first name on the application as Ken, even though on his driver's license, his legal name was Kenneth. Well, what do you know? They come back a couple days later. Hey, you need to have his name be Kenneth. And so next thing you know, I'm running around all over Seattle, chasing this guy down to get his initials on an app. Lesson learned, right? And, um, and so what I've learned with pendings, and I discovered that issue, I discovered that issue when I um, when I woke up in the morning and looked online uh, from you know went through each of my deals that were that were outstanding and uh, and I noticed all it said was outstanding requirement. It didn't say anything else. It just said outstanding requirement. So I pick up the phone right away. I immediately call the desk and uh, can you tell me what that outstanding requirement? Is? Oh yeah, that'll post tonight around eight p.m. And I said, well yeah, but can you tell me now because I'd like to get it addressed. Okay, well then here's what it is. And what I learned is a lot of times the way the computer systems work with Moo or Foresters is that the underwriter will put a, put a requirement in, but oftentimes it won't post on your dashboard until 12, 18 hours later. And for me out on the West Coast where I'm already against the clock when I wake up because the companies are already two to three hours ahead of me like Foresters is, I, don't, I can't wait until that night to get that. And so I found is that it just takes, you know, takes 15 minutes to glance through my deals, see what outstanding requirements I have. If I have to call in and find out what they are, then I can call in and get them. And I can get them addressed uh, with the clients right away, whatever issues I need, submitted back to the carrier by noon or 1 o'clock that day. And, uh, and then I have not lost 24 hours of processing time. Um, and so that's one of the things that I, I've, I've found. And so if you want to be proactive in pendings, and not be surprised and not have a files delay. Uh, just take a few minutes each morning, take a glance through and proactively contact the carrier. What do you need from me? How do I get this submitted? And then when you submit the requirement, chase it with a follow-up. Did you get the requirement I sent? Uh, alert the underwriter, send them an email saying, hey, I, I sent the requirement to the new business desk. 
uh, you should see it here uh, posted very shortly. If the file is something that I'm wanting to close right away, I'll call them and say, is there any way you can go grab that requirement from new business right now? Uh, you know, and, and if you're kind and friendly and you have a history of being kind and friendly with them, oftentimes they go and say, yeah, sure, hang on a second, let me see what I can do. Conversely, if you're not kind and friendly, they remember, they're making a whole lot less than you. They've got some idea you're making a whole lot more than them. And uh, not kind and friendly doesn't go very far or very well. Wow. David, you have... No, the word, the word yeah. <laughs> That's bad news. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you've uh, plugged into the fact of the time difference for you. Um, you know, somebody on the East Coast may not think that's important. Someone may not think that's important. I apologize for that. Um, but it is, it's important to you. And uh, when you're trying to have a $10,000 week, the last thing you want is something held up. Um, any, any other glitches? I, I love the part about Kenneth. Guys, this is a legal document, and so it has to be correct. Um, if you transpose the last two numbers of their social or you put the wrong, uh, we actually had a client once, an agent that put in the wrong birthday year, and the client died, and it created an incredibly difficult situation uh, because he actually wasn't the age that he said uh, when the application was written. So you have to remember that you think this stuff is just for you getting a commission, but it's these people use this, um, they're counting on it being there when the time comes for them to need it. And so you want to do everything absolutely correct. Uh, David, could you give a little bit on the importance that EAPs have played for you? Well, EAPs, it, well, number one, it chops one or two or three days of uh, lead time up front, especially with like foresters. Um, I've also found that EAPs are very valuable when I got the application completed in front of the client. Uh, folks, it's really easy to just kind of skim through the where you pull the application up and, and review it on the screen. Um, I have had more, more often than not where I fill out the information and then I put the application up on my screen and then I turn it to the client and say, can you please review everything on the top of the screen and make sure it's accurate, birthday, social security, uh, address, and the number of times they said, oh, well, yeah, my phone number is wrong or, oh, no, it's I, I, I must have gave you my daughter's birthday instead of my birthday. That happens a lot. And even though I have their driver's license in front of me, and even though I scan their driver's license into my phone and my little PDF maker, um, the reality is that you're having a conversation with these people. We're all human. And next thing you know, it's easy to get something backwards. And then you find out three or four days later when the file's stuck and you're not getting paid and they're not getting protected. And then you're losing time from other deals because you're back babysitting deals that if you would have just taken that extra moment. Um, and one of the things Brandon Hall talked about a long time ago was having people actually bring out their medications. He talked about that. And I rem I'll never forget that. The visual I have of Brandon sitting there uh, and, and people with their stacks of medications on the table and him writing those down. And a top producer in the company is taking the time to manually write that stuff down. Uh, little things like that. Um, I made a couple quick notes. I know we're done here at the hour, so let me go through these real quick, though. Um, 
Carriers have auto declines on certain medications. Each carrier in their underwriting guidelines has a list of medications that are auto declines. Print that list off, laminate it, have it in your bag. Somebody brings up a medication you've never heard of, compare it against that auto decline list. You'd be amazed at what you find. That, uh, or look it up on Google while you're sitting there, and quickly you discover it has a generic name that's on an auto decline list, and you save yourself a lot of hassle by saying, oh, need to pivot to a different program. Um, you know, and then uh, uh, the last thing is with Moo, be certain, be certain that you understand that at 250 above, they do an underwriter follow-up on a phone call. And uh, while that is usually successful, it can delay your process. And so just be really cognizant of that and review with your upline what you want to do with files that are 250 or higher. Excellent, David. And I'm going to let Dick speak to that 250 or higher. He's referring to a simplified issue uh, product. Uh, most of the carriers do uh, go higher. Some go to 300, some go to 400. Dick, would you want to speak to that at all? Yes, I do, because I, I always have limited myself to, to 250,000 on simplified issue. And the reason being, once you get in those mortgages, four, five, six hundred thousand. Those people, many of them will have financial planners. Many of them will have a, a person, a go-to person for insurance. So if you go and try to quote 400000 of simplified issue, comparing that price to 400000 fully underwritten, and remember, the guy that's the financial planner, he's selling price, so he's going to quote him preferred. <clears throat> so the risk you run is he's going to have a price half what yours is, when you're in that range. So I like to limit it just to that's all you can get. Now, if they really need more, type two diabetic, and it would actually be cheaper for them to get a half million dollars of simplified issue, I get one issued first. When I go back to deliver the policy, then I'll take the second one. I stack them in that way, not all at once. So I'm not trying to get greedy with this. I'm really trying to get one issued one, and I'm gonna write it with the one I think I got the best chance with. Then, if the second one doesn't go, at least I've gotten the 250000 So thanks for asking about that, Connie. 